This episode of the Your Best Lifestyle Podcast is sponsored today by Harrison Blake Apparel. Check out Harrison Blake Apparel for the best selection of neckties, pocket squares, and many more men's accessories. They even have a monthly subscription club and all shipping is free in the U.S. Right now through April 30th, get 80% off everything online. That's 80% off everything online. Use promo code 80WOW. That's promo code 80WOW. Visit them today at www.harrisonblakeapparel.com and follow them on Instagram at wearapparelpins. That's harrisonblakeapparel.com. Go there today. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Your Best Lifestyle Podcast right here on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, Google, iTunes Radio, and soon to be on iHeart and Pandora. I can't wait for that to drop. Yeah, look for you me right there. Right now we live in 53 countries, 1.3 million listeners. Thank you so much for everybody who has sponsored the podcast, shared, commented, gave feedback, all the great things. I really appreciate you guys. It makes me feel like we're doing something on the right path right now that we can make an impact around the world. I really appreciate that because we were working really hard trying to get it up and running the way that it should be running. And, uh, it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. You know, for you guys who just tuning in, uh, this may be the first time you catching my show. Make sure that you leave a comment or share with your family members, your friends, uh, your peers, uh, wherever you're going. If you're driving in the car, make sure you're listening to your car. I used to say if you're working in your office, but most people are working remotely right now. But if that's the case, you know, you can do that um, as well, listening listen remotely wherever you are right now. So I really appreciate you guys, and uh, I can't say that more than enough, you know. And, yeah, so I just hope everyone is safe once again, you know, along with this coronavirus pandemic going on. So many people around the globe are suffering right now. Um, they're going through a lot of emotional changes, a lot of financial changes, physical changes, you know, a lot of psychological changes right now. This virus is, you know, it's unprecedented. It's one of those things that's happening right now. I'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews about, you know, how it got started and how we lost control. But that's a whole nother thing. I'm not the one that really, you know, uh, follow the news like that all the time. But, however, I've read that there's a lot of people who are recovering um, from the coronavirus. So that's a good thing. I don't know why the media refuse or delay on sharing that positive information about people recovering. Because, you know, this thing is really attacking people's uh, respiratory systems and shutting it down. 
So, but there are a lot of cases that people are recovering. So, obviously, there is some good news out there. And uh, so, outside of all the bad stuff and the fear mongering and the, you know, the the pushing just to get high ratings, whether it's on social media, any type of news platforms, you know, I, you know, I can't stand that. But we all know since the beginning of media times that, you know. Bad news or fear or all those different things really drives up the ratings. If you want to, you know, stimulate the market, you know, you, fear is one of those things that you have to drive into um, society to make people be like, oh, okay, we got to do this, we got to do that, you know. So, yeah, it's a real crazy thing right now. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but the, in the line of work that I do, there are a lot of people that I know personally who are feeling the negative effects from the virus, you know, they automatically lost their jobs because, you know, the company shut down or the business shut down, they're losing clients, you know, they're hemorrhaging money right now, they're laying people off, you know, so that has a negative effect on their personal lives too, whether they're bringing it home, you know, to a spouse or a loved one, family members, kids, siblings, whoever they may be around. So, um, we have to look at it like that because it's just one of those things that just a vicious cycles in people's lives right now. And, you know, health matters. And this is really literally affecting people's health right now. So what I'm seeing right now is this is high allergy season. I keep saying this on every podcast because so many people suffer from um, allergies. And even though it's raining today, here in Atlanta, the pollen count is still kind of high a little bit. So if you are a seasoned allergy sufferer, you want to make sure that you're taking your meds. Okay, definitely do that. Now, if you suffer from any type of respiratory diseases or complications, bronchitis, COPD, you definitely want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Okay, make sure that you self-medicating you can you connecting with your your primary physician, making sure that you have enough medicine for you to last, you know, at least 90 days, you know, and you really want to protect yourself from any type of airway airways restriction from your respiratory conditions right now with the uh, coronavirus going on. So we really want to pay attention to that. It's a really big deal. Do not sleep on it. Do not ignore it. Don't ignore your symptoms or signs, but just know that, you know, if you suffer from allergies, that's just what it could be. Just an allergy symptom, okay? It probably is not the virus. So please don't run up at the hospital talking to all, trying to get the nurses and doctors to get you tested because, you know, it could just be allergies. You can be just, just take some things that's over the counter. All right, so anyway. That's my little spill, and um, I hope you guys are taking heed and then you fall into CDC protocols and guidelines on how to protect yourself so you're able to be an asset to yourself, to your business, or to your family members, okay? Because, like I keep saying, if you get sick or injured, you automatically become a liability to, to, to others, okay? So if you laying up in a hospital... There's nothing you can too much do except to pray and get well. 
So that means that you're relying on somebody to come and try to help take care of you if you can get if they can get into the hospital to take care of you. Okay, because they're not even letting a lot of family members or friends visit patients right now. Okay, it is a big deal, and only one family member a day or at a time, however they got it, but that gotta suck too. So you want to, you know, also if you are someone suffers from mental depression, uh, uh, anxiety, PTSD, dementia, Alzheimer's, you definitely want to make sure that you are paying attention to what's going on. Know your triggers. Okay, if you suffer from depression, know your triggers. This is unprecedented times. So if you suffer for anxiety or PTSD, these things can really trigger you. Okay, so you want to make sure that once again you're talking to your therapist, to your primary physicians, um, and getting the medicines, and then find a support group. Do whatever you have to do because being quarantined and being away from family members and loved ones while you're suffering from depression, it's not going to really be a good mix for you. So you have to reach out to get the necessary support and help that you need okay and this is a a big 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 deal or if you have somebody that's suffering from dementia all time is they don't know what's going on or maybe somebody might have told them but they may have forgot just the next day short-term memory long-term memory so they may not know to wash their hands or don't be around people so they they cannot or may not understand the reason why family members are not around anymore are not seeing them, they're not showing that love they once used to get in the past. So you're gonna really have to break things down to them as much as you possibly can. I can't imagine having a loved one who suffers from dementia, Alzheimer's, and um, can't understand why they're in the nursing home or the hospital, can't understand why nobody is coming to see them because they don't really fully understand um, what's going on right now with this country or around the globe. So these are hard times. If you want to sit back and really look at it, you know, you got to look at all of it, you know. So it's a big deal. So make sure that you're paying attention to yourself, protecting yourself, uh, and protecting your family members as well. Okay, great. So anyway, like, you know, I love to bring very inspirational individuals on the podcast thought leaders, young and old, you know, people who is going to motivate you to success, to succeed with no excuses, finding everything and just pull, uh, bow driving yourself in to success, you know, fun. I mean, just pulling your boots from, um, from, from the straps and then say, let's just get it and go hard. So, you know, right now I got a, uh, a brother on the phone. Uh, his name is uh, Troy Gathers. He's actually on his way to getting his PhD. So I every time I mention him, I always talk about Dr. Troy Gathers. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit from his bio. I'm going to have to skip through some things. Because Troy got a very extensive bio. I mean, it's super long. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I'm just going to skip through it. And uh, let's see if I can get Let's go to all right. Let's just talk. I'm gonna talk to when he when he graduated from uh, the University of uh, South Carolina State. 
and you finally get a chance to show one body of students what he was capable of achieving, but I'm going too far back. At South Carolina State University, Gavis, former um, intramural sports team, served as the vice president of freshman dormitory during the Young Democrats uh, SGA, wrote, directed two short films with students, made a grade for the national dean list. Troy was also the host of the radio show BU, which is aired on WSSB 90.3 FM. Uh, South Carolina State University Radio. The show was based on positive individuals and their accomplishments. Uh, Gathers cre- uh, credits his focus to South Carolina State University to his mother and his mentors that ensured his faith and head was always high. Even in college, people uh, doubt you when you tried to bring you down, but I have sp- that he had special people that kept him focused and on the big picture. After successfully completing his MBA program, Troy is currently enrolled in the Public Policy Administration PhD program. BU is Troy's educational lecture program for the youth that promote success in their lives. BU is Troy's cry to step out of the crowd and all of, and step out in the crowd. Excuse me, and all of his gathered and all of his endeavors, he keeps God first and only accepts great things for the future. Welcome, 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 Dr. Troy Gathers. What's going on, King? Good afternoon, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. You know, happy to finally catch up with you and um, talk to you a little bit about what you got going on. You know, how do you feel about everything that's happening? And I hope, I, I you know, I'm, I'm still looking at the bio even even though in the green room you said you know that he was grinding for a long time, but you know, yeah, you know, I I try to get to the the most current things right now. What you're going on? So please forgive me about that, but we'll we'll get back to it. So um, you're doing great things, man. I want you to know that you know I'm excited about you. I'm proud of you. I'm happy from you. We, we're actually from. Uh, the state of South Carolina as well. I'm from Charleston. You're from Charleston, you know. And so it's always good to see people from my hometown just spread their wings, man, and just flap and get out there and get it, man. So it's not too many people that I know that's really doing that type of thing. So I want to say congratulations to you. Keep up the good work. And um, I'm excited to see what's going on next for you. Absolutely, likewise. Thank you so much. So, man, so with everything going on right now with this coronavirus pandemic, man, what are your what are your what are your thoughts about it right now? Uh, my my thoughts um, about you know this this situation and every other situation is it, it basically just exposes where your faith system is. Um, you know, a lot of people they get you know wound up by what they see on television or the newspaper or the media in general and it just gets them in a frenzy and they begin to panic but it also just exposes where your faith is uh you have a strong belief system i don't think that it's really bothering you of course you're going to continue to pray you continue to hope the best for others but you're not going to you know rush and spend your last dollar on toilet paper you know you're going to make sure that everybody is good you're going to make those phone calls but you're also going to get in your your private place and you're going to you're going to pray. You're going to excel your prayer life and, and your system that you already have in place. So it's just exposing us as a 
as a country, as a nation, that we have, you know, put, we haven't put God first. And, uh, you know, if God is first in all of this, then we wouldn't be panicking the way it is. So it's really just exposing a lot of others, their faith system, you know. So it hasn't really moved me too much. I'm in the house. I'm, I'm playing it safe, but I'm not panicking. Right, right. You know, like you made an interesting point, like, you know, people are panicking and, you know, fear sets in and all of a sudden, you know, obviously people ran to the markets and buy all the toilet paper they can get their fingertips on, all the hand towels, all the the basic necessities, you know, bread, peanut butter, whatever, milk, eggs, you know, they just went crazy. I mean, I kind of understand it, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't really go get into a fantasy and like I said prior coming into the show that the media was spinning so much with that fear that if you're not engaged with your spiritual wellness or have finding your like you said finding your uh, quiet place with your faith then obviously you're going to run amok and just run out of fear and do all these things that the 90% of the people in the, in the population is doing um, I think that, you know, if you really connect with your, with your spirit and understand your faith and you just know that everything is going to be all right, then you would, you would, you know, you would definitely be all right. Everything would take care of itself. Just, just follow the pro- uh, proper protocols and everything like that. And then you should, you'd be all right. So do you think that this coronavirus can either make somebody or break somebody? I mean, a lot of times, you know, you can take this quarantine situation as an opportunity to self-improve. Do you think of people, uh, most people can take this opportunity to self-improve, or are they just going to fall back into uh, a sedentary lifestyle? Well, I mean, I go both. <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> but, I, but I think it really just depends on where people are in life. I mean, if, if it's your, if you're, your basic life is, you know, nine to five, you're at work, then you come home, you cook for the kids, uh, you get yourself together, and then it's back to work. Uh, those people, I think, can, you know, that are laid off right now, I think that they can take this time to assess, like, okay, am I happy at that job? Um, you know, should I be taking steps to move forward? Uh, what should I be doing next? Uh, some of those people are the people in the grocery stores panicking, don't know what to do, and their life is in a frenzy. And then you have some people that are entrepreneurs that are taking this time to get exposed. I'm seeing a lot of new people on my social media platforms that I, I never knew they could sing. Now I'm, I'm watching them, and they're home, and they're singing, and they got a beautiful voice. And people in the comments are saying, hey, you need to pursue that. You know, this, these are a lot of hidden talents are being revealed. And the people that do what they do, of course, you're going to, you know, you got all this free time. You're going to get, I won't be surprised if a million different ideas come out of this, inventions come out of this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But it is a case-by-case basis. I don't think it's going to be one thing. It's just really where you are in life. Uh, if you are on a downward spiral, this could have been the blessing you needed. You know, if that eviction notice was about to come tomorrow and, and then the government put a stop on that, now you have 60 days. That's a blessing in disguise right there. I was about to be on the streets, but now I have 60 days to try to get unemployment. Now I get $600 a week out of this from the government. I get caught up on my rent and I can move forward. Yeah, you know, it's a, it can be a blessing for somebody. So I think it's a it's a case-to-case thing. 
Uh, but I just hope the best for everybody at the end of this. Yeah, I mean, excellent point because I've seen some people just panic and go ham and go the opposite direction and started using negative coping devices just to deal with their stress. But, you know, like you just said, a lot of people are now trying to unleash the hidden talents, the suppressed talents that they was having. They are singing now or, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they're creating a business plan. They're writing that book. Uh, they're journaling more. They're doing a whole lot of different things to get, maybe even doing a business plan right now. So depending on you, I mean, if you have a fixed mindset or you have a, a growth mindset, this coronavirus can either help you or set you back. This can really be a springboard for success depending on how you look at it. And But you have to have that growth mindset that make you to view it the way you, uh, you view it. So let's get let's get into the books right now. How close are you to finishing your? Uh, what's this? Is it the third book or the fourth book you got going on right now? <laughs> right, right now it's the fifth book. The fifth book. Gotcha. So, so right now I'm working on my fifth book. It's uh, it's titled African World History. Right mm-hmm. now I'm about forty percent done with it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's basically on it's basically on just pinpoint on seven dynasties uh, from ancient Africa. Uh, just really just to educate, uh, you know, people of uh, color about their true history and not so right. focused on the 400 years of slavery, which is a very small piece of history, and focus on, you know, the thousands and thousands of years uh, that we roam this world as kings and queens. Right. Oh, that's going to be awesome, man. How long, how long, how much research that you had to put into it? I've been working on it for over a year, so... <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of research. I want to make sure that it's accurate information. I want people to grow from it, so it's not something that you rush out. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that I fact checked over and over and over again. So everything that I push forward uh, is going to be what the people need. So I want to make sure that that I'm going to give you a protein and a soy. You know, when I produce this book. Right, exactly, because you know the protein is what you need out the, outside of water. That protein is with the body needs in the <laughs> you know. Yeah, so that's that's a good way of looking at that because I, I, I think that that'd be especially with this time and age right now, especially with the millennials and everything like that, they really are not that in touch with that past, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that'd be something that you can really, really uh get in the hands of the millennials or the youth right now to make them more engaged. Um, we, like you said, like we've been around on this earth for so long, but only thing we know is what we, what we grew up with, uh, in high school. I remember coming up and, and, and I want, I didn't want to call it high school name, but I, I went to Burke. Okay. So I came up in Burke and I remember everything they taught me in Burke. And I was like, I ain't used a fraction of that stuff today in my whole life, you know, and the books were outdated then. And so it's like only thing I knew was the slavery part of it or the pilgrims, Christopher Columbus. But that's just a whole different, you know, that's the only thing they taught us. So as we got older, we learned a lot of other different things. I think when I moved to New York, that's when I started to engage more with different cultures or mm-hmm. uh, diving back into um, my own ass century and I was like wow who knew I, I, we really didn't know that because growing up in Charleston 
in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, we only knew, you know, one thing. I, I grew up downtown, so we, we had one way of thinking, you know what I mean? And um, I moved up north, and the whole world opened up for me. And I was like, wow, this is crazy right here. Who knew? So if I would have stayed in Charleston, I probably would have had that same mindset of what I had when I grew up, because that's all I knew. But I, I think that that that'll be awesome for you to put out. So let's talk about this uh, the systematic female. Uh, what make you write? What make you wrote that book? Uh, systematic female ratchet. Uh, that book was inspired by an incident. Is is it was something that just really touched me. You you ever had one of those experiences where you it was your personal experience, but you just wanted other people to feel how you felt in that moment like how people say today i felt that yeah uh, i was actually at a, a books a million and i was out uh, uh, what what a with a friend of mine and it was just just random conversation and there was a white couple that was a couple tables down and this was when youtube videos were everything right so uh the white woman said and then she said ain't nobody got time for that and then they both started laughing and she said then that's the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life now for now i know white comedy you know i grew up with my great grandmother and she i was watching growing pains and mama's family and all that stuff growing up so i know white people got comedy so far, the funniest thing for her ever to hear in her life is a black woman making a fool of herself on TV. I dived into that a little bit. I, I heard too much like that. I kind of felt some kind of way about that. Uh, yeah. So that's what led to the concept. So it, the name of the book is Systematic Female Ratchet. It's not the sisters. It's the system. And that concept is if you're going to look at a black woman and call her ratchet. I want you to take a look back from 1950s to today and every plot that was used to ruin the image of not only the black woman, but the black man. So it's not the sisters, it's the system. So when you see a woman like that on television and she's, and, 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 I, and I wouldn't say this because we all got people like that in our family. We know their heart. We know they're good people, but they're not conscious of getting on TV and just just talking how you would talk in the barbershop or you would talk around family. You don't do that on television. They're not conscious that that the other, like, if I were to see my aunt on TV talking like that, to me it would be like a conversation we're having in the living room. But when she gets on television, you would you would hope that she's speaking to them like she's at a job interview, right? And it's not and it's not uh, to say that you have to be one way. But what it's saying is you want to be presentable because you represent the culture. So when you get on television, you represent the culture. Now, when you're when we're just talking mano y mano at the barbershop, or and we can be ourselves, but when we get in front of that media, if you look at the other races, suit and tie, well-mannered, well-groomed. Why are we the ones that act out, right? So I wrote that. I wrote the book just to, to let people know, like, hey, hold on now. Don't just call us ratchet. Don't just say sisters ain't no good. Don't say that because I'm going to break down HUD to you. I'm going to break down how the government denied blacks loans 
for houses and how they created the projects, how they how the the porn industry and all and all these different things on how they corrupted the mines and cocaine and crack and all, all of these things that were placed in our path that were not on television being represented as kings and queens, right? So that's a, that's a small synopsis of it, but it, it's it's deep. So we're, we're dealing with about seventy years of history put into the book. So it's it's one of those things where. When I heard those white women laughing at the sister, I felt like they was laughing at me. And I took offense to it. So that's what the book is about. So when people, you know, when people first heard the title, they said, Systematic Female Ratchet. Oh, the girls ain't going to like that. I said, no, the girls going to love it. It's a, it's, it's a book that celebrates black women. But when we hear ratchet, we automatically think negative. And that's, that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be shock value. Yeah, I wanted right. I wanted to educate I wanted to educate the sister to say who he calling ratchet and then read a few pages and said oh 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 okay okay I like that book I like him you know what I mean so in, instead of you know hearing it and just getting on a defensive let's get on the same team get on the same page and let's do something about it so that that's the purpose of that book yeah that's 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 awesome right there because you know most people in the culture they you know it just they see the word ratchet then they're already trying to downplay the title of uh, downplay the power of the book because now Absolutely. you know I, you know so it's like you have to get in there like you can't really judge a book by its cover or you're going to have to peel back the layers meaning that you're going to have to turn the page and start to read and to see the meat and potatoes about the book to see what the real meaning is about and you know I, I think now uh, people need to read more uh, books like this more often to really get a better understanding of who they are as a culture and really add to the culture to make sure that you know we're uplifting each other. Because if you if you see all the the videos and the photographs of us as a culture back in the 30s and the 40s, mm. you know mm. we were we was well dressed, Come we on, was well man. well groomed, you know. Yeah. Like pull up any black and white photo, man. We had on suits, we had on ties, we had on our shoes was polished. You know, our hair was laid. We had hats, and we we looked like millionaires. You know, we act like kings, we act like queens. You know, it was just one of those things. Like I see pictures these days, I'm like, man, um, that's that's crazy. And um, but when I go back and I relive. Even the uh, the ex uh, exploitation movies, ex black exploitation movies back in the day, we were still, you know, in the seventies, we were still well groomed. You know, we had nice cars, nice suits, you know, nice shoes and everything like that. I think we got away from that, you mm-hmm. know, and got and got into I don't know what it is now, what we doing, but you know, when when, when I see guys in suits, when I see guys being successful. That sparked something in me. I'm so happy to see it. I'm, you know, most now if you see somebody, oh, he lame, you know, why you look like that? We going to Sunday school or something like that? Nah, man, this is, you know, this is how we got to represent ourselves because when we out there on that, when we are performing on that global stage, this is what they're looking for. This is what they're looking at. And um, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so we can represent for the culture. So, you know, I, I'm glad you said that. And when you mentioned something about the shock, um, the ratchet doing the shock factor of it, you know, 
automatically people will gravitate to it. And a lot of times people don't read. So if they see a title and it, it's not shocking them, it's not going to generate a whole lot of interest for them to pick it up. You know, but if they see a shock title, vital, uh, um, a shock uh, title like that, they're going to be like, hey, I got to see that because I want to know who you're talking about, especially if people who you knew or who you graduated school with, who you came up with. They want to know so they can try to check you. But once they read it, they be like, yo, that's that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty dope. Pretty cool, right. So, and um, yeah. just to add on to what you were saying, uh, you said uh, when you looked back at the uh, 40s and the, and the 50s, in 1950s, we had an 80% marriage rate amongst black couples. 80%. You fast forward into 2020, there's about a 73 to 75% divorce rate amongst people of color. So what happened from the 50s until to right now, that's what's in this book. And that's, you know, that's the byproduct of everything that I'm talking about. So everything you just said, I mean, it's, it's right there. The numbers don't lie. So it's, it's basically just a wake-up call, that's all. Yeah, so what 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 do you think happened between those that time period where the divorce rate is so high right now? I mean, you know, Every, everything, everything, everything built up. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not it's not it's not one thing whatsoever. I mean, it's it's a lot, and you, you would have to imagine uh, people as great as ours that it would take a lot, but it's a lot that transpired from then until now. Uh, that is, I mean, from welfare to section eight which some people may feel this is um a lifeline but i always tell people the inverse of welfare is farewell once you get on that it's bye-bye we got you right no man allowed in the house you can't make a certain amount of money there's no growth we got you we got you in that net and what happens is you raise your daughters and sons in that same system and when they get older that's the far as they think they can go now they don't want to go for that big house they want to stay right there where they're comfortable you know you know grandmammy lived here and mammy lived here so what's wrong with living here and we're not setting those examples because like dr miles monroe says no one can live beyond the planes of their mental conditioning so once you've been conditioned that this is all that you are this is as far as you can go there's going to be a mental block there and if the opportunity comes in your direction that you can advance it's what's called self-sabotage you're going to do everything in your nature to get back to where you're comfortable of so I always tell people in any relationship, friendship, I always test to see if somebody's afraid of heights. If you're afraid to go as high as I want to go, I got to let you go right here because I plan on soaring like an eagle. So we just got to pay attention to things like that. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep because if you have a, a, a psychological limitation placed on yourself just from, you know, from your ancestors or from your grandmother, your mother and their grandmother, and when it's time for you to go, you know, to excel, you're going to be afraid because that's your condition to stay where you're at in your comfort zone. And then fear sets in. You're scared to go outside. You know, you're scared to go fly higher. You know, you can't you can't be an eagle because we all know when 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 eagles are hatched, they automatically kicked out the nest, you know, just to see if they can fly. They, that's what they do. You know, so you got you got to get out because. That's just the way it is, man. And, you know, you, you have to make sure that you step out of there and, and get out of that comfort zone and release that fear in order for you to excel 
and grow. Start that business. Who said you can't start that business? Go to go to school. Who can you? Who said you can't go to college just because you know your mother, your father didn't go, or the neighborhood you grew up in they they clowned you because you want to get an education? You got to break beyond that, man. You know, right now, people, these young people, some of them, they feel like, hey, only thing I don't, only thing I need to do is perform. I just need to sing a rap or something like that, or you know, hey, I'm good to go. I drop out of high school, but you know that education is going to make all the difference. It's, it's a great equalizer. You know, you may not use that education to get a career, but you might use that to build your business, to build a brand, or really get into uh, whatever you want to get into. That's going to really help push the culture forward, and and that's a major thing. So, yeah, that is crazy. So let's talk. Let's talk about your okay. We all about the books. It's all about BU Publishing. Just going to talk about your books. You it's know, just a, just a, um, just I don't want to navigate the interview, but where you were just at right now, we can stay there. There's a um, there's my last book. It's called Break the Cycle. Break the Cycle. So everything you were saying, you can continue talking about that, and we can go into Break the Cycle. Break the Cycle. So what's, the what cycle. what is what, what is your definition of breaking the cycle? Uh, basically, breaking the generational curses. So you you just said something that was that was deep. I don't know which book you were going to, but you were right there. So I want to just keep us right there because this is a, this is a when when you're already there, you're building the moment. Uh, breaking a generational curse, uh, like you just like you just stated, uh, the neighborhood that you grew up in. You know, you know, so and so didn't do it, or they're going to clown you, or they're going to laugh at you. A, a lot of those things are taught behaviors. When we come fresh out of the womb, we don't know anything about what we can and cannot do. We don't know anything about fear. We don't know anything. All these things are learned behaviors. They're learned patterns. Uh, so when I say break the cycle, I mean whatever is the convention of your community. Uh, like some people would say Chicago we have the the, the the violence the gun violence in Chicago you may come up in, in that area I don't like guns I don't want to be around guns you're going to catch you know a, a lot of problems you go out to the Los Angeles if you're in certain neighborhoods you know I don't want to gang bang you're going to catch problems so breaking the cycle is being in those environments being in those situations but not going with the convention of the community you know so right. Just so that everyone can, you know, get a bit, you know, bigger, better understanding of, you know, what we're talking about. We're talking about breaking the convention of the community, and stepping out on your own. Um, and that's my latest book, Break the Cycle. Awesome. Yeah, I know when I came up, I came up downtown Charleston, South Carolina. It was just to do things out of the norm to get an education, to go to class, to study, turn in homework, you know, certain things like that. I always get clowned for that, you know, and because I was the only child, I had to do some things in order for me to get friends and fit in. Sometimes I had to cut class with certain people, you know, I had to not turn in my homework just to look like I'm down with the crowd. You know, but I realized I had family members, mother, grandmother, and everything like that was really on me when the teachers called. So I had to really get out of that. 
you know, to make sure it's like, and then I experienced some friends that was locked up early on or got killed early on. So that kind of frightened me. And that was from, from gun violence. Okay. And I'm like you, I don't like being around guns, you know? And so that really frightened me a little bit. So I had to break the cycle coming out of that. And that was coming into young pre-teenager uh, years and going into the older teenage years in, in Burke High School. It was a lot of bad things going on down there. And it's like, man, we I got to get out of here. And breaking the cycle for me there was me leaving Charleston. I had to really get away from Charleston. You know, so I, I think that that was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I mean, that was a conscious decision to do that. I was like, man, I got to get out of here. If I don't get out of this system, I'm going to kill somebody or somebody going to kill me. Or I'm just going to be on drugs here. You know, I'm not going to make it. Okay, so I really had to break the cycle from that and make sure that I save my own life. You know, so what type of advice can you give young adults right now who be who may be needing that type of energy, who may be lost and who may need your help? What type of advice can you give them? You know, I always say this. Seek higher mentorship. Too many times in the environments that, you know, you know, we're pretty much forced to live in as a, a young adolescent we tend to seek advice from who we feel at the time is successful. We don't even know what success is at that age. Seek higher mentorship. If, you, if you're having a discussion that's really bothering you, it's, it's really, go talk to the pastor. You know, stay a little bit later and talk to the teacher. It seems like when we're growing up in, in the areas that we come from, we want to talk to who we feel is the uh, OG I wrote in uh, Break the Cycle, avoid the failed drug dealers. Please. Please. Avoid the failed drug dealers. For some reason, we feel that if someone has done these prison bids or they have had success in the streets, that they are, they got a Ph.D., this is the person I need to talk to because he was able to navigate his way within within the cycle that's what I want to talk to when in reality you need to talk to the people that were able to navigate outside of the cycle see by getting that information and getting that advice from people that love the streets and love these conditions they're only going to give you the advice to keep you there that's why I say break the cycle break out of that break out of that mentality break out of going to the wrong people for advice break and and we deal with anger as well. Like for some reason, you know, there's a lot of us as uh, young black males that are raised by our mothers get very emotional. Got to be able to control your emotions. Uh, think logically. Uh, don't always want to run to a gun or run to violence. But instead, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, run, run to God. You know, develop, develop a, a personal relationship. You know, there's someone that you can talk to. You don't have to worry about it being repeated. You know, go to God. So I think in, in breaking the cycle or even sustaining within the cycle, change a few things. Like you said, I, I had to leave my hometown and go to a bigger city because things weren't working out where I was because I know me. And now you would probably go back right now. 
I'm sure of it. And those same people that probably had a problem with you probably look up to you. Why? Because when you break the cycle, not only do you escape the traps that society had for you, but you actually exalted yourself because many people don't do that. And when you do what many people don't do, you're perceived differently. Right? One of the 48 laws of power is separation grows respect. Right? So the advice that I would give just to, you know, bring that all full circle would be just seek higher mentorship, watch who you talk to and watch who you don't talk to. It's very important because you become the average of the 5, 10, 15, these neighbors we come up in, 20 people that you hang around, you become the average of that. And if you don't like what you're seeing, you need to change that around. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I agree with you 100%. You said something interesting about, you know, we grow up angry. Most of us, we grow up angry because we live in probably in a broken household a lot of people, if they're angry all the time, especially with men, especially if they carry over into an adult ages of life, they don't know that anger is a side effect or symptom of depression. And, and men, men do not recognize these symptoms. When you're depressed, you're always frustrated, you're always angry, you're always, you know, having a, a boisterous or abruptive behavior you know and we just don't understand it i think that most most people most uh people in our culture they fail to seek that mentorship or they fail to get therapy help or see see a therapist psychologist or go see the pastor because we are taught to suppress all that feeling all those feelings that don't say anything so when we get into a relationship just to say we're older now, we get into a relationship with a woman, uh, we're looking for a wife, we have an underlying current of angry and dep- anger, depression, and irritability. So when we get into these relationships, you may have a good woman, but she's trying to help you, but you steady fighting her because you haven't dealt with a lot of issues that you that you came up with in the past. And I think, I meet people, I meet men all the time, I talk, I talk to them, and I'm like, man, you know, you could be you could, why are you angry all the time? You face off, balled up, you know? I'm like, what's going on, you know? And come to find out, once I start pulling back these layers, you find out, man, that, you know, a lot of people have a lot of issues. So right right then, breaking the cycle from that, you know? And your advice was right on. It's right on point. You know, I, I, I really respect that because I can imagine now, how? What was the first time when you went into the penitentiaries to talk to inmates? What was that uh, experience like for you? How did they greet you? You know, um, how did it make you feel once you went in there and 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 spoke to the inmates? Man, the first the first time I went to speak in a penitentiary was man it was touching uh they embraced me of course because you know they can tell that i'm you know they probably wouldn't have listened to me if they couldn't tell i was a little rough around the edges right so but going i've since i was about 16 years old i've been going to county jails to go see my cousins like i've always been one that was very supportive of my family uh, no matter the situation so 
the opportunity for me to go and speak to the penitentiaries was from someone that actually I went to school with that, you know, wanted me to come in and speak to them. So he'd already been bragging around the yard about me. And um, so it was, it was a, it was a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to say that, but it was a good experience because I saw some familiar faces, one, but I also saw that, you know, some of these people are getting out soon. You know, some of these people have learned their lesson. I can tell that they're going to be, you know, better people when they come home, you know, but I mean, that first experience was good because it felt it felt like I was doing something right. You know, I grew up on the projects and I remember seeing, you know, like I said before, the people that were surviving, you know, within the cycle, those were the people that I looked up to until I wisened up. So to have those people now respect me for where I am and want advice, it, it just lets me know it's confirmation from God that, you know, I told you so. Like, walk with me. So those those childhood dreams that I had of, you know, you know, being in the midst of these individuals have now become blessings to where these individuals want to walk with me. So it's it's like I said, it felt it felt good, but at the same time it's it you know, of course it's penitentiary. But you know, I'm I'm happy for anybody that's rehabilitated and anybody that's ready to come home and, and do what's right. But I'm definitely an advocate for any of our people that no matter if you slip and fell, as long as you want to get back up and do the right thing, I'm on your team. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You know, you, you mentioned something prior to that statement. You said, you know, you got to get away from listening to the failed drug dealers. And when we came up, that's pretty much all we all we knew. That's all we saw. That's all we talked to. Um, I really didn't have any type of role models around, you know, that looked like me that were doctors, that were um, lawyers or, you know, different things like that. Only thing we had was, you know, the ball players. You know, what we saw on television, you know, I grew up with Dr. J, you know, we, we try to be like them or we, we want to be like the guy that had the biggest Cadillac on the block. You know, that's that's all we knew. Um, but we still was going to school, getting an education like that. Now we fast forward and you got those same people looking up at you now and like the tables have changed, you know, like. They, they may have tried to draw us in back then, but now we have the opportunity to draw them in, whether they're just coming home, they're getting rehabilitated, uh, coming back home, want to make a change, want to, you know, get to the next level and pick up the pieces in their life. You know, that's an amazing thing. I, you know, I can just, I'm putting myself in your shoes right now about how that feeling was for you when you actually talked to people, when you walked into the penitentiary, you saw some familiar faces, you know, and then God just whispered in your ear and said, I told you, you know, did you, did you hear it loud and clear when he told you that in your ear? I hear it. I hear it loud and clear, you know, doing this interview, you know, (laughs) just, just continue, just continue to move forward and just continue to, you know, walk the path. You know, I always hear 
Yeah, man. It's dope. Well, you hear it here. This is your best lifestyle podcast right here now in 1.3. Listeners right now around the world. I mean, we big in the UK. We, we blowing up in Canada, Singapore, India. I love it, man. You know, um, 53 countries pretty much. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart. Not not iHeart yet. Waiting on that. Um Tune in, iTunes Radio, Apple, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Anchor. You know, this, the platform is really building. And like I keep saying, I always want to bring people in who is going to share their wisdom, experience, and expertise to the world. And um, I'm really excited about having Dr. Troy gathers up in here. Make sure that you go get all of his books, be you publishing, um, Google him. Go to YouTube, get all this stuff, follow him on social media. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, king I got on the line right now. He got a lot to offer, and I'm, I, I, I got to go get the books, man. I'll be honest with you, I have not caught one, but I'm definitely going to get one. I really like the quote book, Take Me With You. I really I saw some of that. I said, okay, that's those are things that I like as well. So, um Dr. Gathers, please tell everybody where they can find you at. How they can get in contact with you if they ever need some uh, consultation or some spiritual growth, uh, therapy. Tell everybody where they can find you at, King. Absolutely. So, uh, of course, uh, www.troygathers.com or you can find me on Facebook, search Troy Gathers. Uh, Instagram, Troy Gathers. Just Google Troy Gathers. Uh, pretty much not hard to find, but I keep everything uh, real easy to contact with me. I'm, I'm very approachable, and I believe that when we're blessed, we're only blessed to share with others. So I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I know you you're quarantining right now. You fell back a little bit. And you're relaxing, doing your thing, and um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule 60 minutes just to talk with me on my podcast man thank you so much you know i see you moving around and i'm like yo that's dope you know and um so i'm really excited about what the future has for you and uh, i know you had in a direct uh direct the right direction you know um i'm inspired by the way you're moving you know i see how you move and i'm like yo okay cool so it makes me want to you know step things up so just to let you know, I know we really haven't had a conversation before, you know, before this podcast. So, but I'm gonna let you know why I got your ear right now. That you know, I'm motivated by you. I appreciate you, and you inspire me to become a better version of myself. And uh, I really, you know, um, take time to follow your posts and and I read everything that you put out there, man. So you know, I think that you're a great thought leader. And the future is real bright for you, brother. And uh, I really appreciate you, man. I I appreciate you, too. I feel the same way about you. I, I always brag about you as well. Uh, like you said, there's not a lot of people from, you know, South Carolina uh, that carry that, that positive demeanor about themselves that you, you really want to embrace. So, man, I, I appreciate you. And uh, just know that the feeling is mutual and and to everyone that's listening out there, uh, if you take anything from anything I've said, 
and throughout this entire uh, interview, what I want people to really, really, really grasp is your mental conditioning. Mental conditioning. That's and not not anxiety, not the, not depression, but your mental conditioning because that trumps everything. Sometimes we're depressed because we the information we don't know. You can be depressed about bills and can cause anxiety. That's only because you didn't have information to a hotline that someone would have paid that for you. So it's all about just just being as in tuned to your mentality as you can be. Remember this quote, Dr. Miles Monroe said that no one can live beyond the planes of their mental conditioning. I need everyone out there to start on your vision boards. I need everyone out there to do positive self-talk. I want everybody out there to meet one winner friend. I need you to drop one loser friend and pick up a winner friend. I need you to only converse with people that build you up. I want you to only hang with people that build you up. And I want you to never settle for less. I don't care what they told you. Awesome. That's powerful words coming from Dr. Troy Gavis. <laughs> Look, man, I'm trying to tell you, you struck something in me when you said draw one loser friend and pick out one <laughs> pick out one winner friend. Powerful words spoken right there. If you see that and I and I quote you, you know you hear hearing it right there right now. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, man, it's powerful words, it's powerful things. That's we we only talking to people that's gonna uplift the culture and really bring value to make you, you know, upgrade and self-improve and and be invaluable to your own family and to your own community and even yourself. So I want to thank you once again, Dr. Gathers. I appreciate your time, man. And uh, we'll connect um, off of this, and then I'm going to break this down for you, edit it down to you, and get it to you uh, within a few hours. And uh, I really appreciate you, King. Thank you so much for dropping uh, the wisdom and the nuggets down here so the listeners can use for a lifetime, not just for tomorrow or the end of this podcast, but for a lifetime. Okay, remember, Dr. Troy Gathers, Google him. Okay, find him on all social media outlets, outlets. Go get his books. Okay, and remember, drop one loser friend and pick up one winner friend. Yeah, and met, mental conditioning, that's the main thing. Don't worry about the body all day focus on your mind okay that's the main thing right there so until next time thank you so much once again your best lifestyle uh podcast you can hit us up uh send a message to uh the website www.yourbestlifestyles.com and we thank you guys and be safe out there see you later